0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. I've been sitting in this series on the promises of God, and we've been talking about in some seasons, it looks like we're overwhelmed. It looks like we might be overcome by circumstances of life. But we know that's not true according to the word. It might feel like it. And sometimes it might even look like it. But the truth of the matter is, God is working on our behalf. And one of the elements and the chief components that me and you have to really keep close is we're going to have to stay in this position of hope. Hope is a force that allows faith to project your future promise. So important. Hope is a force that allows you, your faith, to project its future promise and actually manifest that promise before you. But sometimes when it feels like I'm in a hopeless situation, it feels like it, it, it seems so far away from coming to pass, it seems so hard to reach out and grasp that we don't know how, we don't know when, we don't know how God can do this stuff I think it's really important that we get the understanding that I got to keep a firm hold of hope because it is the anchor of the soul. So I want to talk to you. You know, I, I read this. It's really blessed me. Listen to this. You can survive 40 days without food and three days without water, eight minutes without air, but you can't last a single second without hope. I thought that was so powerful. You can survive 40 days without food, three days without water, in eight minutes without air. But you can't last a single second without hope. It's an essential part of life. When hope is gone, life is over. People everywhere are looking for hope, but sometimes they're looking in the wrong places. They look for it in relationships. They're looking for it in like self-help books. They're looking even for it in religion. They're looking for it in a place of, of achievement in their own life. But I want you to know there's only one place to find real hope, and the Bible is where you're going to find it. Listen to this. I got this in the God's Word translation. It might stretch you a little bit. It's Romans 15:13, and it says this. The Bible says that real hope is in turning to God. Romans 15:13, God's Word. Listen to what it says. May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then you will overflow, listen to this, with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it reads like that real close in the NLT. Look what it says here. I pray that God, the source of hope, will what? Fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I love that. God is the source of hope. That's what it says. God and his word are one. You need to think about that. Think about that. We all need that kind of hope. We need hope for the daily walk of life. We need hope for great obstacles and seasons of obstacles. We need hope and seasons of adversity. How many of you know I need hope just to get up today? I need a future hope that something good good's going to happen. I'm hoping that something something's just going get, to get, even if it's not, like something big, but I'm just hoping that I can make it through some days. And I want you to know that you're not alone if you're having these kind of thoughts, because this is what you have to understand. The next two Wednesdays, I'm going to be talking about the power of hope to carry you through the pressures of life, because you're an overcomer, because of, uh, but you're going to own, you are an overcomer in Jesus Christ. But remember, the only way we're going to overcome is when we apply the word of God to our situations and circumstances. So even though I hold the position of an overcomer, I'm not going to overcome situations and circumstances in life until I apply the word of God it has the power and the potential to change the outcome of my life. Listen to this. You need to meditate on that. kind. Of, it's only available through relationship with Jesus Christ. So we got that. And if you don't have that, you need to start that right now. You need to say, Jesus, I need a relationship with you. I need to start my journey with you because, man, you are hope. The Bible says without God in the world, they have no hope. Now watch this. When you trust in him, the Holy Spirit will work in you to fill you with hope that God is in control. That is one of the number one things we have to have hope about. He loves me. He's working for me. He's working good for me. He's on my side. God is not against me, but God is for me. And if God be for me, nobody in the world could be against me. That's a promise from the kingdom of God. That's a promise from the word of God. That's a promise to us that if God's for me, nobody could be against me. might look like it isn't working out, but God's working out. Look, we use this scripture right here. I like this. I put the same scripture that I gave you in the Passion Translation to produce my first point. Now may God... Look at this Romans 15:13 In the passion now may God the inspiration and fountain of hope fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him and may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance to your what until you radiant with hope, what does that mean? Or radiate with hope, what's that mean? That means you're glowing in hope. You're so filled with hope, you're almost illuminated by it. It's coming of you. Like, you ever get around people of hope? They just got a different edge about them. Remember this, hope is found in the word of God. So what do I do? So you say, all right, Pastor Chris, help me understand, what do I do? You look at your situation, look at your circumstances, you look at what you want to change, you look at all this stuff that's going on. I know it's not easy, but I want you to say, the Bible says that everything you see is temporal, subject to change. Amen? That means everything that's going on in your life can change. But here's the thing, I've got to get the right substance to change it. That's what we got to get really important you know i could show you something here and i want to do this because i think you're going to get this i'm going to kind of show you this scripture because i think it's important that we understand that sometimes in life as much as you and i think man this is not working out too good don't worry about it it's going to work out you just got to give it some time look at second corinthians i just want you to look at this and i wanted to look at it in this just to see if it reads a little easier for you um look at this um Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18, I'm going to take my time because this is new, okay? Um, 2 Corinthians 4.18, you can actually look at it in the Passion Translation because I think it's going to read a lot easier. Um, It's going to just overexpound the temporary uh, assignment. But maybe we'll start with, um, let's just start, let's just start with verse 15. This is I'm throwing this in, guys. So you got to work with me. And An- Angela's doing a great job, right? Angel's knocking it out. Yeah, give her a little clap at your house. Come on, somebody. Yes. All things. See, I throw these in. I come up with notes and then I throw these things in, and everybody's on their toes around here because I am the most inspirational individual you know. No, <laughs> I just winging it. No. But it comes to my spirit and I want to share it with you. And then I, I kind of get led and I let I follow that leading. It's better than the sermon, trust me. Yes all things work for your enrichment so that what so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people ain't that good resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God bringing him even more glory okay so he's saying look he said this is going great all things are working out even if it looks bad people are watching you in the bad and seeing you keep the witness they're giving glory to God because you ain't quitting It's true. So no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outward person gradually wears out, our inward being is renewed every single day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. Now that is really good. Just pull that in. We view our slight, short-lived trouble in light of eternity. So like, look, if I'm gonna be here forever. Just say I said, you're going to be here forever. And this is your span in the earth. Your little short-lived trouble ain't ain't as long as eternity. That's what he's saying. He's like, man, stop focusing on the life trouble and look at the big picture. This eternity thing is forever. So how in the world, okay, say you give it a great run in the earth and you have 90, you live to be a hundred. Okay. Some of you will. Amen. You'll live to be a hundred. And let's just say out of those 100 years, let's just do the average, right? Let's just say 20 of those 100 years, we're miserable, okay? What is 20 years compared to eternity? It's nothing, man. Stop looking at the short-lived troubles in light of eternity. Yeah, we're going to suffer loss. We're going to suffer pain. We're going to cry some tears. We're going to go through rejection. We're going to eat some harvest of stuff we don't want to eat. But guess what he said? We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us eternal weight, glory, far beyond all comparison. What does that mean? We view our slight troubles, our difficulties, as what? That produces for us eternal weight and glory. What does that mean? That means that God's watching you walk through these troubles and you're still giving God praise. That's working on your heavenly account. When God looks into your situations of life, and you keep hope against hope, believed in hope, we're going to go there. He got the blessing of God. We're still talking about Abraham. It brings glory to God. We look at Romans chapter four as our catalyst for promises from God. So Abraham, who was like, I don't even have think. We're talking about Abraham two thousand years later from what he did, and I don't know the timeline exactly, but you know, it's a long time ago. And we're talking about Abraham today. So you're telling me we're, we're learning for what he did and we're basically praising God for it. That's what he's saying. Because we don't focus our intention what is seen but on what is unseen for what is seen is temporary but the unseen realm is eternal. So what's that mean? Temporary. That means I can change the seen realm with the substance of faith and the unseen realm, the substance of hope in the unseen realm, and I find it in the scriptures. Now, here, here, here's the scripture. Yeah, I didn't even put this one in there either. There's another one for you. This one's a really good one. want you see this one, um, I think you're gonna like it. If I could find it, but um, I I, I was looking at this, and um, man, it, it's kind of strong because um, it it kind of goes with the whole flow. Um, because God has revealed His power and ability to us through the word of God. Does that make sense? So through the word of God, he's, he's filled us with the power and ability to do things that we could not do on our own. And this is really, really strong because you gotta think about this, that God has given us the word and within the word is where he has put everything we need. Okay? For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen in the by the things that are made. So go over here, go to Romans chapter one, okay? Go to Romans chapter one uh, and read verse 19 with me. And I want to read this to you. Then I want to show it to you. I want you to see this. Um, And God put this stuff in the word, man. This is good stuff, amen? I'm gonna show you right here, okay? So did you go there? Yeah, that's great. Romans one, yeah, perfect, 119. Now I'm gonna show you something here. And uh, you're gonna see this because I want to pull this up too because I want to look at it I want to look at some stuff here and show you this, because in God, God put the truth in the word, but God put the power in the word, and he explains it, but that, you got that? Yep, there we go, okay? We can read it into King James, if you want, read it into King James first, and then we can kind of overexpound on it, but this way it's good, because it, it, it makes clear, and it makes it makes sense, and then we're going to go back, and we'll look at something else, so like I said, I'm going to be a work in progress today, so look at what it says, I'll read it slow. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Now watch verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. You see that? So he's saying everything that was invisible, now you could see, being understood by the things which are made. So he's saying what you see, okay, was made from a substance you could not see now watch this even his eternal power and godhead so they are without excuse now get this now it says so the eternal power of god was in the word and god took faith filled words and created the world we live in so you see that so he's saying god spoke it when we weren't here and said light be and the eternal power in the word came and produced the light that you see. Okay? So everything that was seen was made of things that did not appear. Okay? At first, invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly seen now, being understood that the things that are made came from the stuff that wasn't made. So basically what I'm saying is this, the invisible power of words created table. Come on iPad. They didn't know what no iPad was. You think some computer geeks in California figured out what an iPad was? No, iPad was in the wisdom of God. All this stuff, everything that was made was not made of what you see. It came from the word. So now you got to pull that in. Why is that so important? Look at Hebrews 11. W- look at Hebrews 11 now, 1, 2, and 3. Now it's going to make sense. Now watch how this thing rolls, and then we're going to go back in this thing, Okay. Now faith is the material or the substance of things hoped for. So hope materializes, materializes, faith materializes what is hoped. Now watch this. For the evidence of things not seen. So you don't see it. So what did he do? They put hope and faith materialize the hope that wasn't seen until it becomes seen. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you put hope out here. Hope's like a blank, blank, blank circle, but it's got a form. It's kind of like this. It would kind of be like the outline, you know, but you got to fill it in. So faith fills in hope's outline. He explains it. He calls it framework. Watch this. Things that are seen. So it's not seen, okay, By it, we understand the elders obtained a good report. Watch For by what? By faith, we understand that the elders obtained a good report. You see that right there? Look at verse 2. By faith, the elders obtained a good report. Wait a minute, stop. By faith, the elders obtained a good report. That's the words of their mouth. The report of the Lord. How do you get an evil report? You talk like a grasshopper. How do you get a good report? You talk faith. That's what he's saying there. Faith got them a good report. Faith got them a good report. Come on, somebody. Faith got them a good report. Now watch this. Watch verse 3. Through faith. Now watch this. Now now that's, that's you got to pull that in. I want you to look at that. Now just sit on that for a minute. You know, through faith, through faith, We understand that the worlds were framed. Now, what? Go slow. What do you mean through faith? Say by faith? Because of faith? I don't know how you got to get it figured out, but here's them. Through faith, we understand that the worlds, worlds, every world you see the heavenly world, the earth world, the world to come, were framed by the word of God. He didn't say the word of man. He said the word of God formed the earth, and everything in the earth was formed by the word of God. Now, you say, preacher, they don't know what they no, 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 no. You could put everything back to the word of God, everything, all creation, Okay, and then you go. And they say, well, God God made the devil. No, God never made nothing bad. He turned bad. He made him good. Lucifer was good. He went wacko. So God don't make nothing bad. Things that God made for good, men twist and make for evil. But nothing was made for evil. Okay, men got corrupt in their mind and created all this evil stuff. Through faith, we understand that the world's reframed by the word of God. Now watch this. So that things which are seen, 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 seen were not made of things which do appear. He's telling you right there. He said, look, he said, everything you see wasn't made by what is there. It was made from a word somewhere that came in and created it. Now you say, I am kind of lost. You're not lost. What am I trying to get you to see? Hope connected to the word because this is what you got to understand God gave us the word so we could bring new faith substance to change temporal situations. So, why did I tell you that? God didn't like the way the earth looked, so God said, Light be, and the light came ripping and created. God didn't like stuff the way, and God spoke, and trees came, and God spoke. And water went, and God spoke, and this happened, and God spoke. And after seven days, he was done speaking. He put man in the garden and said, go be fruitful and go multiply everything I put in the earth. And I gave you the earth as your inheritance. Go subdue it and take over. So now everything is supposed to be good. And then the fallen man came. We got separated from the good. Now it all looks bad. God's like, nah, I'll give you the blessing to go back and be good again. Now here you're saying, well, I got this messed up stuff. How do I fix it? God ain't fixing it. You got to fix it with the promise of God. That's what it is. Because in the Word of God is where God put everything from the beginning. And now it's going to be the same way He started it. You're going to have to finish it. It's in the Word of God. And hope comes from the Word. So you're looking at your jacked up marriage, right? You're like, my God in heaven, we're going to divorce court. This thing's a mess. No, He said, what God, now you got to find the scripture, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. Okay, now you go, okay, well, that's a covenant. When you find that scripture, it has the power to change the heart of an individual. Now, listen, you say, why doesn't it work? Because people are stiff. Some people will rebel and get in pride. I'm going to tell you right now, people are are more dangerous than the devil. Free will is the most dangerous force on the face of the earth because God can't even make you do something. And people don't like that theology They don't want to talk like that. God can do anything. No, he can't. No, he can't. No, he can't. He can't. Yeah, I know you don't like it. I don't really care. God is not going to force you to do nothing. You can choose to do whatever you want to do. Now, God will try to help you because he loves you, but God can't. God can do anything. No, he can't. Can't change a human will. He wants to, but he can't. He wants to, but he can't. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to, oh, what if what if I pray for somebody my spouse is all whacked out? You can pray all day long. Jesus, I I, am gonna tell you a story. You wanna have a story? You want a story? This is God's honest truth. I was praying for a situation. And I ain't telling you what and when, but I prayed for a situation. And I prayed in this situation for somebody. I helped them out. And they said, Would you pray about this? I said, Man, this is tough. And these people, this, these people were tough, man. This lady was tough. And I said, Man, I don't know. This is gonna be a project. So I went after it. And man, I mean, I went at it. I, we, were, we were praying. And then they needed to wake up. And I never forget I got the testimony. I said, man, it took years of just trying to try to get they, they gotta wake up. They gotta see. They gotta know. They gotta understand. They are going down a road. You know, and I, I talked to a family member and they were like, I was like, you know what? I was like, you guys are so scared to get involved with this individual and tell them the truth, but you're willing, you're willing to let them die and go to hell and you ain't even willing to get involved. And then I got to go, you know, so I said, like, all right, we're going to pray. So we prayed. Now listen, it's a true, true story. The person, the power of God hit the person so hard one day, a testimony is out of their mouth. They said that the person was, was screaming out to God in the middle of the living room about their, their, their wayward ways of how they were being 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 just wrong. And I'm thinking, this is the greatest break. I said, what happened? They said, my mom was laying in the ground and she was crying out to God, saying, Oh God, have mercy on me. God, I repent. Had a massive touch of heaven for like 10, 15 minutes, crying, bawling, squalling, repenting, everything. I said, Well, praise God, this is it. Next day, same person. Because when God's power, I've seen people with addiction do that. Totally free and delivered. Next day, they choose to go back. Choose to pick up the same mindsets. Choose to have the same lifestyle. Choose to not, they forgive in a moment, but then they go back right up there, pick up a fence. They choose to do it. And then all of a sudden, you go, well, you know, the word of God. Not the word of God will get you there, but pride will kill you. Pride will kill you. God will get you out. Pride, pride will kill you. God's, look, man, Lot's wife. He's like, don't turn around. I'm getting you out of Sodom and Gomorrah. As long as you don't look back, you can get out. She turned around turning a pillar of salt because something inside her wanted what was back there. You better make sure you lose everything that wants you to go back there. Everybody got a back there place you don't need to go to. Don't go back there. <laughs> it's like going oh, to a bad restaurant, right? We ain't coming back here. We want to eat this junk no more. Some of you got a lifespan you don't need to go back to. Some of you don't need to go back to them bell bottoms in the 70s. you all high and stuff. <laughs> That's funny. Come on. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to go back there. Don't go back there. And I said all that. You say, with well, the word of God. No, the word of God did it, but now you got to receive it. So don't get stuck on temporal because temporal can change. Listen to this. Keep your soul connected to hope. Man, I got these in the King James. Look at Psalm 42, 5, and 11. 42, 5, and then 11. You're going to love this. This is going to be the Holy Ghost. I love the Holy Ghost. Look at Psalm 42 and 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why is thou disquieting me, hoping God? For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Why are you cast down, O my soul? So your soul, you got to understand something. Your soul is connected to hope, and your soul, when it loses hope, gets despondent. And that's the key, because he says in Hebrews, and we'll talk about it this week, next week we're going to talk about it. hope is the anchor of the soul, unshakable. Now, here's the problem. If you do not stay connected in the arena of your soul to the word of God that brings you hope, you will become despondent, or you will basically become, you'll get to a place where you become almost depressed. I want you to see this. Why are you cast down my mind, will, and emotions? Why are you qu- so quiet in me? Hope in God. And you'll praise Him. You see it right there? Your praise is leaving because your hope is slipping. I'm gonna tell you right now, I've been saying this for a decade, you better get it. If your praise is slipping, your hope is exiting. You, yeah, man, because you, when you start losing hope, you start losing your praise. I say, well, I don't praise God as much as I used to. You're losing hope in the matter. That's Romans chapter 4. Who would consider not his body now being dead, nor deadness of saloon, still gave glory to God. He gave glory to God. Why? Because against hope, he believed in hope. When hope is slipping, praise is almost out the door. When hope is slipping, thankfulness, gratitude, all that stuff's leaving your mouth. You look at your mouth. I'll tell you if you hope or not. Telling you, look at Psalm 42, 11. Here we go. And we're going to go right down the line. It's important. I'm going to show you this. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why are thou disqualified me? Hope now in God, and you shall what? Praise him for who is health of my continence and my God. See that same thing. He's saying, look, he's saying, he said, I'll praise him for you are the help of, of my confidence or my countenance. You are the health of my countenance and my God. He said, look, hope is giving me help and health. It's giving me that right attitude and spirit. Oh, my God. Hope in God. Hope in God. We got all these. There. Hope in God. Hope in God. I wait for the Lord. Woo. I don't faint. Come on, man. The mind You better get this now. The mind, the will, and the emotions need hope from the word to anchor it. Otherwise, it'll leave it. Look what it says here in Proverbs 14.30. I got it two places. I want you to see this. Message Bible says this. A sound mind makes for a robust body, but runaway emotions corrode the bones. Now, that's a little bit hard to read in the message because if you don't understand, so I put it in Amplify because I like it. A sound mind makes for what? A robust body, but runaway emotions corrode. Look at that emotional side of man is dangerous. The will is dangerous. Your mind is dangerous. Your emotions are dangerous. Look what it says A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. You get that? But envy... Jealousy and wrath are like rottenness of the bones. Did you get that right there? So what is he saying? A calm, undisturbed mind, right, and a heart. He said, look, if you could keep your emotions in control and stay connected to hope, man, you got this thing. But I'm going to tell you right now, you start getting off in this thing. A calm, well, he said, he said this, he said, your emotions, that's what I'm saying. Emotions are dangerous if they're not contained by the hope of God. Amen. That's so good. That'll change your life. Like, my mind is, go find a word. Hope comes from the word. Then faith empowers the hope you get from the word. See, this is what you got to understand. Faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, watch this. Hope, I'm going to say something here. I'm okay to say it. Hope comes by hearing too. Yeah, It does. I'm going to say something here, and this is going to sound really, 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 really off, but I don't really care. It's close. It, I'm not off, like maybe doctrine. I'm doctrinally, I'm right, but you may have never heard this before. Hope is confident expectation with joyful anticipation. Faith is an element of confident expectation also. The only thing, the difference between hope and faith, and I'm going to tell you, people got hope as a bad rap. Hope is not a bad rap. Faith is now hope is future. Hope is future. Hope is a poor receiver but a great waiter. Okay? I'm hoping something's going to happen. Now watch this. Now hope biblical hope is different than hope of the world. Hope of the world is like kind of like based on emotions. Hope of hope in the Bible is confident expectation. So you go, "Okay, remember I said the marriage is messed up. What do I do?" I hear faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Why? Because there's hope in the word. When the hope of the word came to my ear, faith was, was what? Heard. You see that? You see that? How do I get an answer for my sick body? By his stripes I'm healed. How do I get an answer for my messed up mind? Keeping his mind stayed on him. How do I get an answer for uh, uh, problems in life? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now watch this though. Ready? just because I hear it and faith came doesn't mean anything's automatic. Hope now is a force that holds in the soul the picture so faith can materialize it. Now, if faith doesn't have enough time to materialize what you hold in the hope, the soulish place of hope, you're in trouble because nothing can change. This is the process. Look what it says right here It says in Psalm 142.7, man, this thing messed me. When I first read this scripture a long time ago, I was like, man, this is a good scripture. Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. He said, bring my soul out of prison. How in the world does your soul get in prison? You know, Psalm, how's my soul get in prison? Because it, it loses hope. It gets despondent. It doesn't reach no more. It just stays stuck. It stays in that status quo Christianity. It don't reach for more. It don't believe for more. It stays stuck. Look what it says. I put it in here. Now, this is a big thing, too. I didn't even say this before. When hope is messed up, you get real quiet. I promise you this. Look what it said here, right? Look what it said here. And I said this right here. Man, this is a lot to do with your mouth. Bring my soul out. Why am I so quiet? You get quiet when hope slipped. You gotta get your mouth on them promises. I've been saying I said this, I said this before, but I never said this like this. If faith cannot move your mouth, faith is not gonna move your mountain. I've said that before. You've heard me say that. Faith cannot move your mouth, faith cannot move your mountain. But I was sitting here thinking about this in my spirit while I'm talking to you. Guess what? If hope cannot see the mountain move, faith isn't going to be released out of your mouth. I'm telling you, listen to me. Hope has to see it first for faith to materialize it and act upon it. Because what you'll do is you'll just talk about your mountain all day without hope, no hope goes, oh, that's just what it is. Look at the mountain, look at the mountain, look at the mountain, look at the mountain. Even though faith can move it, hope's got to show up first and say, I think I could change this situation. That's hoping. Hope comes from the word. It's an anchor. Now, how do I know that? I'm going to talk about it next week because I don't have time. It goes within the veil. It goes into the glory of God, man. It goes in the presence of God. It's connected to the presence of God. Okay? So now look at this, right? Get me out of prison. Look what it says in the Amplify it says an amplified okay Psalm 1 four 2, 7. come on with somebody bring my life out of prison that I may confess praise and give thanks to your name you see that your mouth when you' listen to me when I may confess praise give thanks to your name you ain't look man, I, I I I I don't understand what this guy's saying. He's saying my soul is in prison. What does he mean? He's he's a little different. This guy. This guy. Uh, I don't understand this preacher. Well, pay attention. Here I go. I'm kicking in gear now. I feel an anointing. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you, What am I trying to say? Where's your confession been at? Where's your praise at? Where's your giving of thanks at? You're already in prison. You just don't know it. I'm not in prison. You might not be behind physical bars, but your soul's trapped in the prison of unbelief. No hope. Bring my life out of prison that I may confess, praise, give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me and crown themselves because of me, for you will deal bountifully with me. You see that? How you know I'm in prison? Where's your confession at? Where's your praise at? Where's your giving of oh, time? I don't do that. You're already bound up. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. When you lose hope, you lose that confidence. Faith can't materialize what you, faith can only materialize what you speak. Hope makes your mouth move. Faith empowers the stuff that comes out of your mouth. The word is nigh thee. It's in your mouth and in your heart. But if you don't get that frame, I'm going to tell you why. Faith is in the spirit realm. Hope is in the soul. I'm convinced of it. Anchor of the soul. Hope is the anchor of the soul. What does that mean? It's in the soul. If it's in the soul, then my soul has to line up with my spirit so I can speak forth the things of God and create the atmosphere I need to live in. Woo! Look, You want to know what it said? Man, this is good. I want to say, I got to read this to you. There's a lot to read. I want to say this is the Amplified, but I don't know where it is. Did you find it? That Hebrews 6.13? You need to see this. This will mess you up. I'm going to close with this too. Um, That Hebrews 6.13, now when God made a promise to Abraham, it's passion, right? You got to read this. Read this slow and you're going to go. Now, when God made a promise to Abraham since There was no one greater. Mm. That's where I got the song from. Nobody greater. I don't know, maybe. You think? I could be writing songs out of all these scriptures. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. You should be worshiping God. I got no problem. I hope I can worship God even on TV. Come on. Now when God, everybody said nobody greater, put it in that thing. You better be linking this up. You better be clicking that little comment box, and you better share this. My God, you better share this. If you didn't share this, you all in trouble. If you didn't share, I'm coming to your house. We got your address somewhere here in the ministry. No, I'm just kidding. I ain't coming to your house. (laughs) Amen. Maybe I am, though. Maybe I should do that. That might not be a bad idea. Surprise visit. One random select individual gets a surprise visit. Somebody, everybody's like, but well, we don't want you coming to our house. <laughs> All right, maybe we'll go to lunch or something. Like that. <laughs> now when God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than himself, he swore an oath on his own integrity and kept the promise as sure as God exists. So he said, have no doubt. I promise to bless you over and over and give you a son and multiply you without measure. So Abraham waited patiently in faith. And he basically succeeded in seeing the promise fulfilled. It is very common for people to swear an oath by something greater than themselves, for the oath will confirm their statements and the end all dispute. So in the same way, God wanted to end all doubt and confirm it even more forcefully to those who would inherit the promise. His purpose was unchangeable, so God added his vow to the promise. So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. (laughs) it's so good. We run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort for he empowers us to seize what he has already been basically established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. Now watch this. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God. Do you see that? That is what hope does. It holds your mind, your will, and emotions to God so you can't get away because it's through the veil of the glory. Our anchor of hope is steadfast and fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold and where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us. He is now and forever our royal priest like Melchizedek. I want you to go back to verse 19. And look at this. We have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our soul to God. See it? Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat. You might say, Pastor Chris, well, what is that? On top of the ark of the covenant was laid this, this mercy seat on which rested the, the cloud or the visible symbol of the divine presence. Here, God was supposed to be seated, and from this place, he was supposed to dispense mercy to man. And when the blood of the atonement was sprinkled there, In a manner of speaking, the mercy seat concealed, basically, and it stopped the judgment and condemnation of the judgment of the law upon the children of Israel. The holies of holies were sprinkled so men can be free. In the New Testament, we understand that Christ himself is designated as our mercy seat or our propitiation. Paul explained it like this, we are justified now freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom set himself as the propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance, God has passed over, passed over the sins that were previously committed because of what Jesus did. What Paul is teaching here is that Jesus is covering now for our sins. That mercy seat, that mercy seat is wide open. So what am I trying to get you to understand this? The Bible says that hope connects you to God. But the Bible also says that this hope also connects you and me to the mercy seat of heaven. Why is that so important? You even find it here in Hebrews 4, if you want to go look there, Hebrews 4, 14, 15, and 16. We have this great high priest, the Bible says. In Hebrews 4, 14, you're going to see it. And I want to read something to you here that's going to, It's not the blood of animals that makes the propitiation of our sin like it used to be in the Old Testament. It's blood by the Son of God. That means this, that Jesus has become our mercy seat. So Christ is our mercy seat, and his blood still speaks for us and puts God on our side. God doesn't see our rebellion. He sees the blood of his Son and accepts us. This is why it's so important. Let me just read 14, 15, and 16 to you, and I'll explain it. Okay? Now that we know we have... Jesus, this high great priest with ready access to God, let us not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weaknesses and testing, experienced it all, but he didn't sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy and accept the help. And it is so strong. I want you to see this. Why is it so important to understand that we need to be connected to this hope this hope of the soul, this anchor of the soul. Why is it so important that it says hope is an anchor of the soul? Because we don't put our hope and our trust in ourselves. We put our hope and our trust in what he did through his atonement and through his propitiation of death. Guys, what am I trying to say? God doesn't see us. He sees his son. That's why we come boldly to the secret place of the Most High. And we understand this. God's blood Shed through his only begotten son for us puts God on my side. God doesn't stand there sitting against us, he's just saying yes and amen. So, what happens is this me and you go to the word, and we get that word, and that word produces hope. And man, we release our faith, but now we got to walk out the faith and patience of life. We got to stay anchored. We got to stay anchored. We just get in there and stay anchored, but that anchor is going all the way into that mercy seat. And that mercy seat is speaking back unto whoever's been anchored to it. And I know what you're thinking. You're saying, man, I don't know, is this really for me? Well, that mercy seat says, yeah, Come boldly to the throne because God's not seeing your weaknesses. God's not seeing your failure. God's not seeing your flaws. And God's not seeing your inability to produce promises. God's looking at the faithfulness of a son. And we're connected to that mercy seat. And just when the enemy tries to produce accusations against me and you from receiving by faith what it is that God said we can have, that mercy seat cries out, you've been forgiven. That mercy seat cries out, it's yours. That mercy seat cries out, you can have it, not based on you, but based upon what Jesus has done. Don't ever lose hope in anything that God has said because it's not based on you, it's based on him. And it's based on what he's done through his son in your life. Don't ever forget that. My hope is sure and my hope is steadfast because my hope is anchored to him. And when you stay anchored in the arena of your soul to his promises, your life has to transform. I promise you guys are doing a lot better than sometimes you think you're doing. Just hang on, hold on, and watch God move in the earth on your behalf and produce every promise he said he would because you've been anchored to that mercy seat and you are redeemed and forgiven to receive every blessing that God has for your life. I don't deserve it, but praise God, he wants me to have it. Isn't that great news today? Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you. And each and every person that's hearing my voice today, I know they are so ready to walk in God's greater blessing and keep the hope that they have before them. Let us materialize hope so faith can materialize the blessing and let us walk in the victory that you have for us. We thank you father for giving us more confidence in the arena of hope. And we're keeping hope and faith in our heart, faith, hope, and love. These three are the key to making it in the kingdom. We walk by faith and not by sight. We hope in the promises of God and we walk in love with each and every one of the believers and the people of the earth because we know Love is finding our victory. We love you because you first loved us, and we thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Well, listen, I love you. I'm excited. Don't forget, a lot of big weekends coming up. Amen. We're getting ready. We're going to knock it out. We're going to be doing some more stuff. Thank you for sharing. I know you care. That's why you share, and I'm going to see you soon. Don't forget, Sunday morning we've got one service in person, two services online. You can watch 9 or 10.30, and, and then you can come be with us at 10.30. We're so excited. We're praying for you. We believe in God with you. And we appreciate you for everything you're doing. While we're walking and expanding the kingdom of heaven, we know you're a part of it. You're a partner with us. And we love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll see you soon.